Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCalist. This show is one in which I consume vast, vast, I cannot tell you how vast. Well, I can because I guess that's what I'll do in this episode. Vast quantities of media from your TVs, your movies, your books, your video games, your non-video games, you're just game games. And of course... All of the internet. I bring all of this back here to get it out of my brain. Yeah, that's the sort of working theory of why this podcast exists. Because if I just consume this media and don't discuss it with people... This is not really a discussion, I realize. If I just let it sit in the dusty attic of my mind, it will slowly drive me insane. More so even, you might say... And we don't want that because, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes peek into uh, uh, that sort of thing from my life, which, you know, I touch on from time to time, but it's important to talk about, especially during uh, mental health awareness months. I don't know if this is one, but they should all be spent some brief times. Uh, 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 in a hospital-like scenario for uh, depression and uh, 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 suicidal ideation, which are, you know, not things you want to mess around with. So uh, I'm glad I did it. I look back at those times, not with fond memories, obviously, but glad that I went through them and came out the other side. And things like this podcast help, I do believe, me, uh, uh, you know, stay on the uh, the straight and narrow, as it were. Uh, it, it does feel like it helps more than hinders, despite the almost total lack of listenership. Yes, that doesn't. There, it's funny. The the more I do this, the less that bothers me. Um, the the more I sort of find it amusing that I'm 564 plus episodes into a podcast that has, you know, about a dozen downloads, uh, an episode, give or take, you know, there, there's some episodes that I have a lot and some episodes that have less than a dozen. So, eh, what you gonna do? You're gonna push a button that will start a series of segments like this. monologue today's movie monologue sponsor is fist of the north star headache relief thank you for that sponsorship movie the first the old guard from 2020 oh yeah i bet you the imda is interesting for this one uh a covert team of immortal mercenaries okay 
thanks, Imda, you had me at a covert team of immortal mercenaries. It's suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity secret just as an uh, unexpected new member is discovered. This sort of felt like it was trying to set it up for multiple movies. However, it wasn't that good, to be honest with you, which is kind of a shame. Uh, I like the premise. Uh, stars uh, Charlize Theron or Charlize Teheron. That's probably closer to the first time. Uh, and then uh, several actors that you probably uh, won't recognize. Um, oh, Chi Uotel Ejiofor. That's the one name I do recognize, just at a glance. Uh, yeah, so uh, they all have their, you know, special set of skills and they're uh, um, good at killing things and not being killed. Or, rather, being killed and then quickly coming back. Uh, or not quickly, depending on how uh, serious the wound is. The rules are sort of, the, the rules of their immortality, that is, are somewhat nebulous. Yeah, a, a little bit. And um, there is an underlying uh, 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 sort of one day your immortality will wear off, which I suppose... Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind that twist, just in terms of giving them a little more of a, uh, a, a fear of going into these missions, a little bit more excitement, perhaps, because of it. Sure. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, yeah, it really, it, it just sort of bleh. Uh, uh, despite that cool-sounding premise, I almost feel like they didn't make great use of it, and it just felt kind of like a, a standard action movie. Here, do you want to watch an action movie? This is an action movie. Enjoy your action movie. Rating-wise, 2.9. Yeah, uh, uh, 3, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, is enjoyed while watching but wouldn't watch again. And, you know, just scratch the surface of that a little bit. It, it was peak, peaking up on that, but never really, uh, never really grabbed me. Sorry, the old guard from 2020. Action, adventure, fantasy. See, those things sound good, but this is basically just action. Yeah, take out the other two. Uh, all right, moving on to, from 1986, Fist of the North Star. Uh, I bet you this one's good, too. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, a practitioner of the deadly martial art Hokuto Shinken, allies with two children and an expert in Nanto Shuchikuken, uh, to fight against the rivals who kidnapped his lover and threatened the prosperity of mankind. Jesus Christ, that sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, this is a movie that uh, I, I saw the... Yeah, I guess I saw the name somewhere, and I'm like, man, that rings a bell. And I feel like somewhere in my travels, hopefully not in 1986 when I was five years old yeah born in 81 so hopefully not what I, I hope i didn't see this when i was five years old because it's one of the most bloody just in terms of sheer you know amounts of blood uh animes that i have seen uh, maybe period uh and, and i think it was like a sort of i don't want to say big back in the day but sort of known back in the day for being this for being uh over the top super violent maybe like banned in some countries that sort of thing like it like i feel like it, this movie had a reputation back in the day um there's another one too uh, uh sort of similar to this uh, uh late 80s uh super gory violent uh, uh anime 
I do recommend uh, uh, this as a rabbit hole to go down because there's some fucking crazy shit you're going to see this. You know, you could do uh, Akira, the, you know, probably the example that everyone is uh, everyone is familiar with. Or, that's sort of painting with a broad brush, obviously, that people who have a, a tentative familiarity with anime are familiar with. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's a good modifier. Uh, yeah, so this martial art that this guy does... <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. Like, uh, it, it seems to start where he just like punches like really, really fast and makes like a, uh, a really ridiculous sound as he's doing it. Like a really sort of uh, stereotypical, hey, yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, and, and then the person who's being punched, you know, they don't like it. It doesn't feel good, but then quite often they'll shrug it off. And then, uh, as soon as the guy's done punching, he'll, he'll, he'll say like, uh, Hey, you know what? You're you're a jerk, and you're already dead. And then the guy will be like, start laughing, like, "What are you talking about? That's crazy!" <laughs> and then his fucking head will explode. <laughs> uh, fist of the North Star. Yeah. Uh, it, it just it's ridiculous, and I love it for that reason. Can I go five out of five? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll we'll do the old uh, asterisks as I like to do from time to time. Five out of five, assuming this sort of thing appeals to you, is assuming you like this sort of movie. If you don't, well, why would you watch it anyways? Hmm? Uh, moving on to the third and final film, Braveheart from 1995. Oh, Scottish warrior William Wallace leads his countrymen in a rebellion to free his homeland from the tyranny of King Edward I of England. Yeah, uh, so this falls into a couple of categories. Uh, I, I think first is movies that I found out the missus had never seen and was shocked and a little appalled, uh, so rectified it. Uh, secondly, uh, movies that uh, watched on a birthday weekend was recently uh, my birthday, The Big Four, oh, no less. Um so that's how I sort of convinced her. <laughs> Not so much convinced as said, it's my birthday weekend. I'm watching this movie. You have to watch it with me. My birthday weekend. You do what I say. Uh, because that is our birthday weekend rules we have in our relationship. Uh, when it's your birthday weekend, you get to do whatever the hell you want to. Oh, and we added a little uh, proviso um, during the pandemic, because birthday weekends are just by definition, not as good. Uh, you get two of them. Yeah. You get two birthday weekends, uh, uh, one before and one after, or, you know, you can pick, you can pick, let's say, uh, so I, I will recommend that. And of course, recommend Braveheart. Now, one thing I noticed, and maybe it was just because, uh, it was late and was getting tired. Uh, I, I knew this was a long movie. It's a three hour long movie. Okay. Well, two hour and 58 minute long movie. So there is that. And the pacing of this movie is, I don't know if it's the slowest pace at some points that I have just ever seen period, but it, it, it's very, very slow. It, it's, you know what? Uh, we shouldn't have watched this on a Saturday night. Uh, we should have watched this. This is a good Sunday, just sort of chilling in bed movie. Uh, that's when you want to watch a three hour movie, or at least when I want to watch a three hour movie. Um, so, you know, uh, maybe that made it feel to me, at least that it didn't hold up to my expectations. Uh, like I had seen this, oh God, this had to have been like a fifth viewing. Maybe if I had to guess somewhere in that neighborhood, um, 
and then there's the whole, which I don't know if this played into it, which it may have, because uh, the missus and I did talk about, you know, how it's a shame that uh, in this uh, movie, which is a good movie, I'm still debating rating, um, that the uh, the main character uh, IRL is a uh, you know racist asshole. So, you know, maybe that tainted my uh, my viewing of it this time because I know last time I watched this would have been probably prior to all you know uh, mel gibson's uh, horribleness horribleness so uh I, I feel like back in the day i would have given this a five out of five easy peasy lemon squeezy whereas now i don't think i can give it that for the aforementioned reasons uh, i still liked it uh the the battle scenes in this still incredible they still uh, hold up for the most part I'd go like a, a four-ish, yeah, we'll go four-ish gump on this one. Television talk. Today's television talk is a restaurant. Thank you for that sponsorship we're talking letter kenny season nine jesus that's a lot of goddamn seasons uh, started in 2016 i see interesting interesting let me just cough but i will pause first oh like a professional would ah cough successful uh yes uh, i think it's because i'm up so early <laughs> uh you know you get that that up early voice going uh, it's, I got shit to do, man. Uh, okay, so yeah, if you haven't watched Letterkenny before, uh, 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 a sort of instant Canadian classic, I feel like, up there with uh, Corner Gas. Corner Gas and Letterkenny actually share a lot of similarities. Uh, uh, Letterkenny, a little more modern in terms of, uh, I don't want to say, yeah, like it, it just feels a little more, uh, uh, it's definitely more risque, a little more... Uh, uh, darker uh yeah definitely that i don't know what the sort of a why do they feel similar and what differences do i feel between them is, is actually a good question that i was unprepared to give myself <laughs> god damn it uh let me just read the end for what uh, letter kenny is all about uh, Quick-witted, fast-paced, snappy comedy about rural fork getting by in a small town. See? Uh, Quick-witted. Yes, corner gas. Fast-paced. Yeah, they do a lot of uh, quick cuts in corner gas. Uh, snappy comedy. Yes. Rural folk. Yes. In a small town. Yes. Well, I guess maybe that's where <laughs> some of the uh, similarities <laughs> we're seeing. Uh, yeah. Th uh, these uh, guys, uh, uh, Jared Kiso, Nathan Dales... Uh, we've got Michelle Mitz, uh, K. Trevor Wilson, et al. Uh, a terrific cast. Uh, uh, something about this, too, that seemingly whoever is doing the hiring of uh, beautiful women in there is a big fan of beautiful women. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Canadian, did I mention? Uh, of season nine, and yet they're pulling some things that they have done in previous seasons. Like there'll be some old standbys, but then despite using things they've used for the previous eight seasons, they'll always have, you know, some, uh, some new twists on, uh, uh, old standby jokes that they use. Uh, okay. So we've got, uh, American Buck and Doe. That was the first, uh, uh, episode. So, uh, Buck and Doe, Jack and Jill, um, 
I don't know if they have those everywhere. I don't think they're universal. We do have them. <laughs> that's one of the other funny things. Like I've heard, uh, Americans love this show, uh, almost like sort of trailer, trailer park boys ask. Uh, actually, yeah, that's sort of another sort of similar one to throw in the mix. You know what? If trailer park boys and corner gas had a baby, it might be letter Kenny. It's uh, interesting. Maybe I'll uh, make that the title of this episode. Let me just uh, debate that. Mm, trailer Park Boys plus Corner Gas equals Letter Kenny? Question mark. Because that one I'm not as confident on as I as sometimes. As I as sometimes. Yeah, uh, so that one was about a, a Jack and Jill, which is like... Uh, when you're getting married, you have a party beforehand, usually to help raise funds for the wedding. Uh, so there'll be like games or, a, you know, a 50, 50, uh, stuff like that, uh, raffle, uh, uh, booze <laughs> where you'll like buy tickets, something about that, uh, I think you'd need a license to, uh, uh, a special license to sell booze, but there's like some workaround where if you buy tickets, uh, you're buying the tickets, you're not buying the booze. So then you change the tickets in for booze. I, I, I don't really understand the legality of it, but Hey, what the hell? Uh, I've been at a shit ton of them. Um, at the, uh, 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 Albion Bolton community center. I've probably been to oh, over a dozen. A shit ton, a, a definite shit ton. Uh, and they're always a great time. Uh, it's always, uh, you get to see tons of people that you don't get to see very often because uh, everyone comes out for them. Great, great time. Love me. Uh, Jack and Jill, normally what we call them. Uh, but Buck and Doe, I've heard as well. Uh, we meet some of the kids of Scorched Earth. Oh yeah, one of the uh, the main girl there, Katie, uh, she's broken up with, so she goes on a, a Scorched Earth dating uh, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, good stuff. Mitzvah. Yeah. We've got, uh, um, hockey players learn about Judaism. Uh-huh. Sleepover, restaurant, and uh, the final episode. Oh, yeah, I guess it was, it was only, uh, seven episodes, which was a shame. Uh, I remember getting to the last episode and thinking, oh shoot, I wish there was more. Uh, and I presume it will be back for another season because it is much, much loved. Uh, highly, highly recommend letter Kenny easy, easy for me to give it a five out of five, definite some six out of five moments, even loves it. Today's game, Gavin Swanson, is a arcade cabinet. Oh, that's interesting. Shum 2. Or is it Shum 2? I don't rightly know. Hmm. Well, next time, advertisers, maybe put a pronunciation in your ad copy. Jesus. All right, we're talking a Vigi game from the year 2019, it looks like it first came out. Uh, I played it on the PC as I play 99.999% of all my games. It is called Control. 
Ah, that one. I think it uh, won a bunch of awards. Uh, much loved. Uh, I did as I tend to do for a vast majority of games, which is um, wait for them to be on sale on Steam and then buy them, uh, which this was. Uh, I forget which sale. Was it a winter sale, summer sale? I can't remember. Um, and at the time that it came out, I do remember thinking it looked good and cool um, and wanted to play it. Uh, and after having now played it, I can verify that those feelings were justified because it's friggin' awesome. Friggin' awesome. Uh, okay, so you play a, a woman who uh, sort of comes to this uh, 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 like CIA-type uh, building, uh, FBI, uh, some government building that deals with like sort of paranormal-type stuff uh, called Control. Hey. There you go. Uh, or what's it called? Like Bureau of Control. Some, something like that. Uh, FBCs. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and you sort of quickly find out, uh, which is sort of an interesting way to do this, that you are the new director of this secret uh, underground organization. Uh, and uh, quickly realize that uh, shit has gone awry. Uh, in the form of uh, a seeming invasion from another dimension, another plane, another we're not quite sure what. And over the course of the game, uh, we're trying to figure out what's going on that, with that and, of course, stop it. But then simultaneously, um, and I don't really get how we became director. Uh, that was never really explained to my satisfaction, I don't think. Um we're trying to find information on our brother who uh, was taken as a child by this organization. So seemingly this woman as a child watched her brother taken away uh, by a, a FBC federal bureau of control. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then sort of uh, tried to find him through various means. Uh, the last of which was uh, becoming the director of the friggin' organization of which she's trying to find her brother in. Yeah, so that that's sort of a weird little uh, circumstance there. But uh, suspend your disbelief a little bit on the hiring practices of the FBC because it's all sort of a, a, a mystical, uh, uh, paranormal stuff going on. So maybe some of that has to do with it. Plus the fact that um, most of the people who work here, uh, are just sort of taken over, uh, taken, taken control of by whatever this, uh, uh, outside force is. So, you know, uh, and you're not because you have these sort of cool powers. Oh yeah. Let me get into the powers. So this, uh, uh, the, the powers on this sort of gameplay, um, this game reminds me very much of one called uh, PsyOps the Mindgate Conspiracy, which is a horrible name, <laughs> but a very, very fun uh, sort of a, a, a hidden gem from back uh, PlayStation 2 or 3. Um, uh, similar in gameplay and maybe even a little similar in premise as well, if I do recall, although it's been a number of years. Um so you have a, a sort of a, 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 I guess we'll just call it a force push. I think that's one of your first ones. Uh, uh, picking things up with your mind and throwing them at others. That's sort of one of your main and strongest uh, uh, abilities. Uh, eventually you gain the ability to sort of uh, uh, fly and hover a little bit. Um, uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, taking control of... Uh, 
uh, uh, baddies. So you'll sort of whittle their health down. And when it reaches a certain level, you can uh, uh, push a button and have them fight for you. That's a cool one. Uh, 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 while flying, you know, you got your slam down on baddies. Uh, you, of course, have a gun. <laughs> it is like a magic gun <laughs> that is sort of gifted you by some of these otherworldly beings, seemingly. Um, that is sort of uh, tied to being the director and the gun are sort of tied to one another. Uh, the story is, just sort of on that note, sometimes a little hard to... You know, any story that delves into this sort of stuff sometimes gets a little uh, convoluted. Uh, I think for the most part it made sense. <clears throat> uh, the gun actually cool as well because it could sort of, uh, transform into, uh, by the end of the game, I think it was like six or seven different guns, uh, that have like different abilities. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, dash. Yeah. That was the other one. Um, okay. So rating wise, easy five out of five. Uh, I will say not so much a story spoiler as just a story structure spoiler. Uh, it was kind of cool, and then, and the only reason I say this is because I wish someone told me. Um, I reached sort of the end of the game, like, you know, beat the final boss, and, uh, and, and you think it's done. But then uh, the game sort of continues, and I've still been playing in this uh, post-boss beating, thinking the game is over, for like a, at least a couple hours, and seeming there's quite a bit more, uh, especially if you want to do side missions and stuff. So this uh, game was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I was actually very impressed. Normally this type of game, I feel like, you know, 10, 12 hours, somewhere in that neighborhood. I, I think I'm quite a bit over that by now. Uh, you know what? I could probably check... 24.3 I'm at so far. Whew. Yeah, okay. And uh, seemingly quite a bit more to go, especially if I want to do all the side quests, which I probably won't do all of them, but uh, they are fine. Oh, and, and just sort of on the note of side quests, which sort of goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, traversal of the world, um, it's something that uh, this game does very, very well, which uh, uh, I know I've heard this before. Other people say this sort of thing that... Um, like with a Spider-Man game, with a Batman game, with a, uh, uh, what's that one? Uh, Overdrive. Uh, any game where moving from point A to point B is a fun experience, um, quite often are, uh, is a game that will be popular, that, uh, will get good reviews, that people will enjoy. So, uh, this game has that, which I, which I like. The, the, the one difficulty of, <clears throat> excuse me, of that sort of situation is the fact that uh, Control, this building that you're in, um, can sort of uh, twist and turn and is very maze-like and as you progress, sort of, uh, things will not always be the same. <laughs> like, it's it's physically changing sometimes, so uh, that, that makes things a, a little hard to traverse, but there's, there's fast travel, so no worries there. Let's push the final button. <laughs> Charlie bit me. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Step 2 Ale. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Uh, okay, uh, firstly, firstly, we're talking Steve Wallace, colon, Stealth Camper. Uh, that's what I have uh, <laughs> decided to call his channel, his YouTube channel, that is. So uh, an individual by the name of Steve Wallace will um, do several things on his YouTube channel. Um I guess I'm going to say first and foremost, just from the perspective from what the missus and I have watched and thoroughly enjoyed, um, he'll go to, let me just give an example. He'll go to a residential area, um, park his, uh, vehicle, uh, and then have a little setup in the back with like a little bed and maybe a little, uh, stove and, uh, he'll, he'll camp there for the night. And that will be an episode of Steve Wallace colon Stealth Camper. Uh, uh, it sounds, you know, from that description, potentially not interesting. But uh, also, he's a little bit crazy. <laughs> and I think he would admit that uh, his craziness uh, quotient is, you know, existent. Let's say. Um, what are some of the other ones? Oh, I should have. Oh, I do have it open. Oh, look at me prepared. Um... Oh yeah, there was one where I uh, went into the woods and basically opened the back of like a hatchback uh, vehicle and then put a tarp over the whole thing and sort of treated that as a, uh, treated that as a, a, a tent. It's, it's, it's not full camping and it's not glamping, which is a whole other thing. Uh, it, it's kind of somewhere in between, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, oh yeah, a, a couple of the fun ones was like on a highway median or, uh, behind. Yeah. I think that was one of the most recent, excuse me. Uh, one of the most recent ones we watched was behind the, uh, a sign on the way into the city. You know how you drive into a city and there's quite often a big sign saying, you know, welcome to Toronto or whatever. This one was Camrose, if I do recall. Uh, so he camped sort of behind that sign for the night. <laughs> Just like weird stuff like that. Uh, and it's fun and it's crazy. Hell, uh, he has a neighbor who he calls crazy neighbor, just as an example. Um, <laughs> both the missus and I thoroughly enjoy just whatever the hell this is. Uh, camping under a bridge. Oh, yeah, we should watch that one. You know what? I'm going to take this camping on the bridge. Save to play with. Uh, throw that on my uh, throw that on my list. Uh, yeah, so check out... Let me spell it for you. Steve Wallace, W-A-L-L-I-S. He's got 471,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so, you know, uh, he has merch as well that says hunker down. <laughs> uh, one sort of uh, interesting uh, thing that we've noticed is seemingly he's very paranoid, which uh, adds to the, let's just go ahead and say it, comedy. Uh, so, Steve Wallace, keep on keeping on, hunker down, uh, etc. Uh, moving on to Dragon Talk. Oh, yes, with guest Anthony Rapp. That was a fun one, which is why I brought it back, because when fun things happen on the internet that I enjoy, I bring them back here to mention them so that you can go experience them for yourself. Uh, Dragon Talk is the sort of official D and D podcast, I suppose you would say, like from the uh, the people over there at uh, Wizards or whatever. 
Um, and it's good. It's always interesting. They have uh, interesting guests. They do deep dives into lore. Um, you know, it, it's just a fun, uh, uh, interesting podcast. If you have any interest in D and D, uh, this one was fun because they had on Anthony Rapp, uh, who is a actor who you may recognize from many things, but, uh, where I, uh, at least most recently know him from is, uh, a Star Trek discovery. And, uh, the, the, my sort of delight of this episode was, you know, him in general, because I've heard him in interviews and, and nerdy stuff before. He, he just sort of pops up on, like, I've, I've it's interesting. Uh, like, he's been on uh, Never Not Funny a bunch of times. Uh, oh, that's interesting, because I have Never Not Funny uh, coming up. Uh, yeah, been on Never Not Funny a bunch of times. Uh, was on Kind of Funny, uh, or... Yeah, kind of funny games daily. Now he's on Dragon Talk, so uh, he, he seemingly he'll just sort of pop up on these uh, uh, interesting little projects and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, anyways, my sort of uh, main delight of having him on this was learning that him and a bunch of the cast of Star Trek Discovery are playing uh, in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. So that's a friggin' delight right there. Uh, I in my homebrew. In my D and D homebrew, I uh, have incorporated a lot of Star Trek, up to and including the fact that my sort of uh, world creation, um, not myth, because it's what actually happened, I suppose, uh, was uh, sort of created by Q. Um, uh, not to go into it because I have before. Ah, what the hell? Uh, so basically, um, uh, Q. This is my sort of logic of all this. Uh, Q sort of. Uh, finds and latches on to uh, like uh, 80s and 90s fantasy novels and uh, similar to the episode where he transported the crew to uh, uh, Nottingham the sort of Robin Hood one uh, he uh, does so uh, here however he does like the entire universe basically so like uh, uh, Vulcans are elves or, or I guess elves are Vulcans, uh, 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 dwarves are Klingons. And I have like a, a giant, you know, almost a hundred race list of the sort of crossover for races. Um, but then what he doesn't realize is he's now created this, this, this realm, uh, where, uh, gods exist, where, where super uber powerful gods exist. So they sort of prevent him from undoing it. Um, so that's why it's been going on as long as it has, uh, that, that sort of thing. Hey, don't tell my players that. <laughs> uh, anyways, so, uh, the, the confluence of, uh, Star Trek and D and D, you know, awesome period. Full stop. Moving on to never not funny. Oh uh, yes. As for, as for aforementioned, as for aforementions, uh, I should end this episode soon because I could feel my brain melting. Uh, never not funny with guest Paul F. Tompkins. Come on. Come on, podcast goddamn royalty there on one of the uh, oldest, uh, been around for the longest. I don't know why I said both those things. They both mean the same thing. Uh, podcast, never not funny. So uh, it was just a like, uh, Paul and uh, host, uh, co-host, main host, come on, Jimmy Pardo. Uh, of the podcast really, really uh, play well off one another. Um, Jimmy is a great, I suppose he plays more of the straight man to Paul F. Uh, Tompkins, just ridiculous shit that he'll throw out. <laughs> uh, 
there's a video uh, on YouTube of uh, Paul F. Uh, um, hyping Jimmy Pardo before he goes on, and it is one of the just best things, period. Speaking of best things, period, oh, segue, that actually makes sense. Uh, this one I, I just had to throw in. Uh, even though I think we spoke Critical Role last episode, there's something in the most recent episode um, of Critical Role, which is a, 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 a an actual play Dungeons and Dragons campaign where a, a group of uh, voice actors sit down and play Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, lovely. Um, one of the players uh, is named Sam Regal. Uh, he plays a halfling. Uh, was once a goblin, but that doesn't really play into this necessarily. Um, if you're unfamiliar with uh, the abilities of a halfling in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, they have uh, something called halfling luck. Uh, what that does mechanically is uh, if you roll a one, which uh, traditionally is not good uh, in D&D uh, on a d20, you know, if you're going to roll a one to a 20 and you roll a one, that's the worst you can roll on that die. So uh, normally bad things happens when you roll ones. So if you're a halfling, you can re-roll that. Oh. Uh, very, very incredibly helpful ability. Some would say broken ability, uh, including Sam, who seemingly doesn't like it. Uh, I actually listened to Hicks, his explanation of why he doesn't like it and why he never uses it. And you uh, can easily see the logic uh, he seemingly feels at least somewhat strongly about it. Um, and it does make sense. Uh, uh, people don't like this. There are, there are people who don't, don't like halfling luck, uh, for its just ability to, uh, remove the drama of a one. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Uh, so he, he's never used it. Uh, he's had many opportunities to use it. Many times it could have gotten him out of serious jams, serious life-threatening jams, and he just refuses to use it, despite everyone at the table <laughs> sometimes uh, just yelling at him to use it. <laughs> like, sometimes he doesn't use it to the degree where it's putting others in danger, which I, I, I find delightful. So, um... <laughs> This is so amazing. The one time he did use it was in the last episode. And uh, he has on his possession a cursed dagger um, that was slowly killing him. Um, he, <laughs> uh, none of the other characters knew this. Um, and, and the time that he used it uh, was in order to <laughs> try to hide the fact that he had on his possession a cursed dagger that was slowly killing him. So uh, out of character, all the players sort of knew he has this dagger that it's seemingly, it's not good. It's an evil dagger. Something bad is happening. Um, they didn't know the mechanics that it was slowly killing him. Um, but they did know it was bad. So they were trying to, in character, sort of uh, pick up on this. Trying to uh, look at the way he was acting, uh, see how he reacted to being asked to put the dagger down um, when he, you know, straight out refused. Because part of the curse is, you know, that you want to keep it. It's, it's a, a sort of a my precious type situation. Um, so the one time he rolls, re-rolls a, a, a shitty roll was in order to try to hide from the rest of the group uh, the fact that uh, he was clearly sort of possessed by this actor. Uh, so, yes, you could say uh, uh, an incredibly trollish move 
but also fucking goddamn one of the greatest things I've ever seen <laughs> at a D&D table before. The fact that he refuses to use it, uh, except in a situation where it's a detriment to all and could potentially kill him. What a fucking asshole. And I love it. Folks, I love you. I love you. We did it. Another episode, I suppose. Started off good. Got kind of shitty in the middle. Fine at the end. Just the way I like it. We'll call it the Maywood special. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.